Hopefully a little more time before my golden years. But they're getting close. 392-8255. Email us, Russell, at WRUF.com. Bree is producing, and if you have a Facebook Live question, she will pass it along. Brett's going to talk to us next. Hi, Brett. Brett, go ahead. Hey, how are y'all? Oh, it is. Okay. Brett, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Oh, okay. Uh, we, we called you too My producer called you too soon. I didn't know. But uh, as long as we have you, uh, let me get the proper introduction here. Uh, Brett Hudson, who is the uh, Mississippi State beat writer for the Commercial Dispatch in Columbus, now joins us. Well, um, let's start with this. Um, you've seen this team play all year long with a new head coach and a new system. What do you make of this team? What do you think, uh, just top of your, you know, just overall, its strengths and weaknesses so far? You know, I, I had a pretty good handle on this team, and then they went to Lexington and got thoroughly spanked on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and now I'm, I'm just not sure anymore. You know, this, this was a team who, for, through its first three games, even when you adjust for competition, was absolutely dominant on both sides of the line of scrimmage. We expected that with this defensive line, with Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat being uh, first-team All-SEC selections, um, both at the end of last season and in this preseason, which is pretty rare here in the SEC that you have two on, on one team, unless you're Alabama. And <laughs> right. the offensive line was just awesome all the way through. But then the tackles, uh, it kind of it brought up memories from, from last year where tackles got exposed uh, at times uh, last year, of course, never as bad as it was in, in Lexington. Um, but to, to get back to your question about strengths and weaknesses, I still think the defensive line is a strength of this team. Uh, obviously, offensive tackles are now a weakness. Um, another strength of this team is, is the offensive playmakers. They've got two good running backs, Kylan Hill and Eris Williams. Uh, they have the wide receivers now. They didn't have that last year. They have them now. Uh, Stephen Gidry and Osiris uh, Mitchell on on the outside. They've got some good tight ends to go with some some slot guys: Austin Williams, Dedrick Thomas, and Keith Mixon. Uh, another strength on defense is uh, the secondary. Uh, they've got two really good safeties, and Mark McLaurin and Jonathan Abram. If any of your listeners recognize the name Mark McLaurin, it's because he picked off Lamar Jackson three times in the Tax Slayer Bowl uh, last year. So there's there's definitely more strengths than weaknesses on this team. But obviously, after you lose to Kentucky. 28 to 7 and come within a hair of losing your status as a as a ranked team the only thing that people are going to be talking about is the weakness and that offensive tackle right now and that's fair because if you if you look at the SEC it always has good edge rushers and this is a league that can take advantage of of a weakness at offensive tackle if you've got one Brett uh you know here a lot was made about buy in you know Dan Mullen coming here most of these guys not his recruits but that's a four-win team. Mississippi State is an established team that Dan Mullen built. With Moorhead now, has there been any buy, buy-in issue, or is everything cool that way? No, I mean, everything, everything has been pretty easy in, in that regard for, for the new coaching staff, I would say. One, because they're highly respected. I mean, Bob Shoup has, has got a pretty good track record everywhere but Tennessee. 
Uh, they've got two former head coaches on on actually three, if you include Bob Shoup, three former head coaches on this staff with Joey Jones as a special teams coordinator, having just gotten out of South Alabama. Uh, and then uh, Mark Cutsmith used to be the head coach at ULL. Uh, he's now the tight ends coach. Uh, and, and all of the numbers from Penn State speak for themselves when you talk about Coach Moorhead and his running backs coach, uh, Charles Huff, who he brought with him from Penn State. Uh, so, so buy-in has not been an issue, been an issue around here. Um, and, and that wasn't really anticipated because even Coach Moorhead, when he watched the, uh, the film from what Dan Mullen did at Mississippi State last year, he called it same church, different pew. I mean, they, they kind of try to accomplish the same things. They just do so in a slightly different way, even if formationally it looks pretty, pretty similar. So it's not like there was a, a radical culture change that had to go on around here, like you're seeing at Florida or like you're seeing at places at Texas A&M, Nebraska, et cetera. This, this, should ha- this had the makings of a plug-and-play kind of coaching change. What do you think the fan reaction will be towards a moment? Uh, pretty volatile, pretty, pretty hateful. Um, the, the final month of, of Dan Mullen's uh, tenure here definitely could have gone better. Uh, the, the Alabama game, Last year, I mean, they, they had Alabama on the ropes uh, late in the third, early in the fourth, and, and let Jalen Hurts lead them back, which is a pretty funny fact to, to point out now, given what's happened in Tuscaloosa since then. Uh, and then the Egg Bowl. I mean, people, people say that was a pretty embarrassing loss until State kind of dressed it up with a couple of scores near the end. And the fan theory is that Dan Mullen was already – checked out of that game uh, before before it happened, didn't prepare for that game. Obviously, there's, there's no way to prove that. Uh, but there's that running theory in, in the fan base. And for that reason, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of animosity for, for Dan Ball in, in these parts right now. I think eventually the fan base will come around to the fact that the final month of Dan Ballin's time here in Starkville probably shouldn't outweigh the eight years and 11 months that came before it. And, and everything that it did to change what's real and what's realistic for Mississippi State's football program. But the time is not now. That, that they have not come to that realization yet, and they're going to let out some, uh, they're gonna let out some hurt feelings uh, come Saturday. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that, and I think the Mullins anticipate that. They, they know and everybody that Dan brought with him to, uh, to Gainesville, they know that there's no love for them uh, here in Starkville, except for maybe Greg Knox, who is the interim for the Tax Player Bowl win. They know there's no love for them here, and it's not like they're going to be shocked by it. Interesting. Um, for those who don't get to see Mississippi State play a lot, um, tell me about Nick Fitzgerald. I mean, I think the the if there's a knock on him, he's not the most accurate thrower, but you, you see him all the time. What's he bring to the table? Yeah, that's a pretty fair uh, short and sweet version of it i mean the the reality is he was he was a diamond in the rough kind of guy because he was a triple option quarterback in high school he was a triple option quarterback in a not a huge uh town and but not a super small town either in georgia um and he uh, he famously only had uh had an offer from i think it was ut martin uh before mississippi state took a took a chance on him he was a developmental project and and he's kind of in the later stages of that as he should be as, as a senior, uh, when you're a triple option developmental quarterback, you're going to be awesome as a runner, and Nick Fitzgerald is absolutely that. Uh, he has developed some as a passer, but to, to, the, to the point that he needs to be a passer for the Joe Moorhead system to uh, run as efficiently as it probably should, 
uh, that's yet to be determined. Uh, there were times last year where he showed the confidence to throw into tight holes, but that was mostly to a receiver, Donald Gray, who got hurt midway through last season, and, and the, the passing game kind of went down with him. So there, there's still opportunity for, for Nick Fitzgerald to prove some things as a, as a passer, and if he's going to do it, now is the time for two reasons. One, it's his senior year. He's running out of time to prove it. And two, he's got a really good staff around him. The quarterback's coach, Andrew Briner, is a very smart person, a very savvy coach when it comes to getting the best out of quarterbacks. And obviously the, uh, the Joe Moorhead system is very quarterback-friendly if you've got the right guy and that right guy knows what, what they're doing. So the, the book is still out on, on Nick Fitzgerald as a, as a passer is, is the best way to put it. He's not a failed experiment yet, but he's also not proven himself to be an elite passer in, in the SEC yet. And I would imagine this game goes a long way in, in his attempt to, to prove his ability to throw the football. All right, Brett, I'll leave you with this. Um, you, you, Mississippi State and Florida have both lost to Kentucky. Both mm-hmm. teams got dominated on the line of scrimmage by Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So now you have Mississippi State playing Florida. How do you see it? Uh, that, that point spread of about seven in, in favor of the dogs feels about right to me. If, if you asked me that question in July or August, I would have I thought state by double digits at least, uh, but that was until we saw some penalty and offensive tackle weaknesses uh, in, in Mississippi State that Florida might be able to, to exploit. But that, that seven really feels about right to me. I would imagine Florida is going to come after those tackles, and that might gum up the works for Mississippi State's offense for a little while, but ultimately I think this comes back to Mississippi State's defensive line. If you're if you're looking at the best units of their kind around the nation, the, the conversation starts and ends at Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Mississippi State. That's the rarefied air that this line is in right now. I would imagine that eventually kind of imposes its will over time, gets enough stops to the point that Mississippi State gets enough opportunities to, to score enough points to win this game. I, I don't anticipate a blowout, but I also didn't anticipate a 21-point loss in, in Lexington, so what do I know? Uh, but to, to get back to it, uh, that seven points seems about right to me. Okay. Brett, uh, where can people see your work? Everything is on Twitter, at Brett underscore Hudson. The, the website is cdispatch.com. I uh, got some coverage there now and, and coverage coming in the future, but the, the easiest way is to find me on Twitter at Brett underscore Hudson. Okay, good stuff, Brett. I really appreciate you doing this. Thanks for taking time. Thanks for having me. You got it. Brett Hudson, who is the beat writer for Mississippi State for the commercial dispatch up in uh, Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, let's see, a couple of emails here changing gears. Jonesy says, uh, Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs, seen this before. He's had the best backs, best talent, quarterback that's outstanding. Do you feel this is his year to win it all? I feel this is going to be the year because of New England's fall. Also think the last year for the Dallas coach. Um, let's start with the Chiefs. I, I get that Andy Reid hasn't won the big one, but I think he's a tremendous offensive coach. And you know, with the Eagles, his offenses, for the most part, were good. With a quarterback that had limitations in Alex Smith, I think he made the most out of that. And now he certainly is making the most out of a guy who, you know, early on here in Mahomes has been uh, really good. So uh, 
they got a good chance, especially if the Patriots don't get back to form. You know, Pittsburgh seems to have some flaws. I, I don't know that there's a dominant – and Jacksonville last week, you know, goes from looking great against New England to scoring six points at home against Tennessee. So, yeah. you, you And you wonder what Kansas City-Jacksonville would be like, that offense against – that defense. And as far as Dallas, yes, uh, it could be uh, the final year for that coaching staff there. 1246, time check brought to you by Hayes Prestige Jewelry, where the answer is always yes. ESPN, 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.